God has placed us, not only me, okay? I'm not talking about just me. He's placed us in the kingdom for such a time as this. He gave Jonah the amazing task of saving a nation. Nineveh, an entire nation, entire city, by preaching God's message to them, basically to repent. He gave Esther the exact right position at the exact right time to be able to save her people from annihilation. That's where that phrase comes that she's in the kingdom for such a time as this. He placed Paul in the right place at the right time with the right tools to reach the Gentiles with the gospel. Do we have any Jewish people in here? Anybody that has a Jewish background or heritage? My dad is Jewish. Okay, so most everybody in here is probably a Gentile, right? Non-Jew. At some point in history, we were in Jewish ministry for the 10 years preceding this ministry that we're in now. But I usually make the statement that somewhere along the line, you can mark it down that a Jewish person talked to a Gentile about Jesus so that you could be saved. Because the gospel came to the Jewish people first. Do you know that we have a life-saving, important message, most important message ever, and we have an opportunity to share it? Even if it's just your testimony, and I don't say that lightly like it's just your testimony. Your testimony is the most powerful thing that you personally have that nobody else has. There's people that you can reach that Dan Bergman's never going to reach. There's people that would listen to you because of your demographic that they would never listen to me about. You have a very specific, special, unique opportunity for ministry right now in this place that God has put you. Maybe it's to pray. Maybe it's to give. And maybe it's to go. And we'll talk about those later. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 16. That's where we're going to start. 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. It's going to be kind of our theme verse for this message. And as you're turning there, I'll tell you a little bit about my story. I mentioned already, we were in Jewish ministry. My dad is Jewish. My mom is not. Um, she's a believer. And so when I got saved as a 15-year-old boy, I immediately got burdened for my dad for his salvation. The Lord used that to call us into Jewish ministry. I went to Pensacola Christian where I met my wife and uh, about a couple years after we graduated, we ended up uh, beginning Jewish ministry in Cleveland where I'm from. I'm from Cleveland, she's from Pennsylvania. So we're both Northerners even though we're living in South Carolina, or North Carolina now in the South. Um, but I was praying for my dad witnessing to my dad. I forgot to mention in the first service, in 2019, my dad got saved. After 20 years of witnessing to him and praying for him, don't stop praying for that loved one. Don't stop witnessing to that loved one. But how many people are out there like my dad, like my dad was, unsaved, lost, on their way to hell, possibly not even realizing that, and you have an opportunity to reach that person. Or you're giving, you're praying. The Bible talks about you can have fruit in our ministry 
that abounds to your account because you gave, because you prayed. We need prayer so much. There's so much opposition. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16, verse number 5, Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, yea, in winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus. That's the context of what we're going to talk about this morning. Paul stopping and staying in Ephesus until Pentecost for a great door and effectual, effective, a great door and effectual is opened unto me. And there are many adversaries. I want to talk to you this morning about a great door, a great door that we have. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to be here and share our ministry, share our heart, share our burden, which I believe is your burden for people. And yet you've placed in our hands a tool to be able to reach across the world in in seconds. I pray, Lord, that you'd help me as we talk about this this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage those that need encouragement, challenge those that need to be challenged, comfort those that need comfort. We pray that you'd meet the needs here in this room in a very special and unique way as only you can. We pray that your will and your way would be done. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and turn to two different places. Okay, we're going to go back and forth between Acts chapter 19 and John chapter 4. So if you have a bookmark or a prayer card or a piece of paper or something, or if you're using your phone, we're going to be in those two different locations this morning for the rest of the message, Acts 19 and John chapter 4. While you're turning there, I mentioned I was in Jewish ministry. So I had become the digital ministries director of a ministry called Jewish Awareness Ministries, which is located in North Carolina. That's why we ended up coming down from Ohio to be in North Carolina where we are now in the Raleigh area. So we were going to work out of our headquarters, and I'm doing the, you know, the graphic design, the audio video production, and I get this message from a friend saying, you can share the gospel on TikTok. So I thought, okay. I started a TikTok account in January of 2020. Right place, right time, I guess, right? Right before the pandemic and all of this social media stuff was going to skyrocket during that time. Within a month, I had my first viral video. About maybe 20 minutes after I posted that video, the video you saw a clip clip of up on the screen, Jesus was an Israeli, because I was in Jewish ministry, right? I wanted to show that Jesus was not European. He was not white. He was not, you know, like the Catholic pictures portray him. He was a Jewish Middle Eastern man. And that video, after 20 minutes, I checked my phone just to kind of see, you know, is it picking up? Is anybody watching this thing? And in 20 minutes, it had 13,000 views. I thought, something is wrong. Is my phone broken? Do I need to reinstall this app? And so I kind of reset everything just to make sure it was legit. And it was. 13,000 people had seen my video in 20 minutes. Now, I've never talked to an audience of 13,000 people. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine having the opportunity, 
you know, put your name in the blank, you are going to speak, you know, at the Ohio State Stadium to a crowd of 13,000 people. And it's going to happen in about 20 minutes. Like, you would have this amazing opportunity that the Apostle Paul would have only dreamed of. And yet we're carrying around with us in our pocket like a portal to be able to witness to people across the globe and reach multitudes. Because of the way these apps work, it's crazy. They'll put your video in front of random people that don't even want to see it, kind of as like a test group. And if that group reacts, they'll set it to more and more and more people. This video about Jesus was an Israeli got seen by a lot of Muslims, a lot of Palestinians. I mean, according to Islam, Jesus was a Muslim. And so they put all of this stuff in there. Um, anyway, a lot of people got upset. It had 1,700 comments, most of which were negative. You know, people commenting in Arabic that I couldn't even read, but then there's this translate feature. If you want to translate it, I didn't know if I really wanted to, but you can translate it and see what they're saying. And there was this just mean and hateful and, 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 and crazy stuff. And I started to think, can these people find where I live? I mean, it got kind of scary for a minute. It got to like 70, 80,000 views, and I'm just kind of wringing my hands. I decided to make it private. I didn't delete the video, but I made it private, so it's not public anymore. And I spent about a day. What do I do, Lord? What do I do? What do I do? And I'm just stressed out. You know, these terrorists are going to knock down my door and all this stuff, and I just didn't know what was going on. And then I kind of heard God's still small voice. And I felt like he was telling me, you're taking the light of the gospel and hiding it under a bushel. And at that moment, I just felt so convicted. Like I had an opportunity and yet I was squandering it. I was not being a good steward. And I said, all right, Lord, you're right, you're right. Mm -hmm. And so I made everything public. I don't put my home address on there. You know, but people can find my account. They can follow me. They can see my videos. I made all the settings as public as possible, and I have never looked back. That video right now has 256,000 views. Um, and we have an amazing opportunity. You and I, we have an amazing opportunity. God has given us the means, the motive, and the opportunity to literally reach the, reach the world with the gospel. Like never before, we have this opportunity. And I kind of stumbled upon it by accident, and I felt like God was opening a door. People were responding. In June of 2020, we had our first person tell me, hey, I trusted Jesus because of your video. And that was like mind-blowing. Some kid on TikTok. And, and we had this amazing opportunity to show his compassion literally to millions. How are we doing with this opportunity. 3.48 billion people, with a B, 3.48 billion people use social media. That's one in every two people on the planet. We have an opportunity to reach them with the gospel in a very effective, very efficient way. I mean, I'm posting these videos from our garage in North Carolina. I did a video on Monday that has become my most viral video ever on Instagram. I did a video on Monday that currently has 1.5 million views. I filmed this in my garage in North Carolina, like I'm a nobody. I'm the jawbone of a donkey. And God is deciding to use me. And it's just like, it's frightening, it's humbling, it's like, okay, you know, people say you're, you're, whatever you're doing is amazing. I, I feel like I'm just along for the ride. 
you know, God is doing this. Let's just ride that wave. Let's do it together. If you don't feel like posting or you can't do that kind of thing or share Dan's stuff, you can pray for us. We need prayer. I had somebody ask me when we first started and these things started happening and this fruit started coming in, he said, boy, the attacks from Satan must be unreal. And I kind of thought, well, we really haven't had anything like that yet, you know? <laughs> and then the bottom fell out. All kinds of things were, started happening. Um, my wife started dealing with all kinds of health issues, undiagnosed for how long was that before we figured out what it was? Two, two years, undiagnosed. You know, going to all these different doctors and nothing was made better, but rather the worst, you know? Um, and then we found out through a friend, a pastor uh, friend, well, before that, she was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, finally, after like two years of... Anyway, there's things that go on in the lives of missionaries that you may never, never hear of. Things that are health struggles, financial struggles, uh, you know, loneliness, all these different things. We need prayer. And it's not the least that you can do. That's the greatest thing you can do. There was a church where all, thing, all kinds of things were going wrong. There was all kinds of problems and issues. And somebody said, well, do you think we should pray about it? And then somebody kind of jokingly said, has it come to that? We should not have prayer be our last resort. And we, we covet your prayers. That's not just some kind of trite saying that missionaries say or pastors say. We need your prayers. Okay, so we have a great and effective door. Since that video, since I filmed that video earlier this year, we have had over 600 now people that have reached out to us telling us that they trust Jesus as their Savior as a result of our videos. We're keeping track of these people. We have a sheet with their usernames and their real name as far as they give it. Most of them are anonymous young people, but we're trying to keep track and follow up with every single one of them. We have a great and effectual door. Number one, an open door to spread the word. An open door to spread the word. Look in Acts chapter 19 and verse number one. It says, and it came to pass that when uh, Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast came to Ephesus. So Paul enters Ephesus. But skip down to verse number eight. It says, and he went to the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years. Two years. Paul stopped what he was doing in his missionary travels, and he kind of parked himself in Ephesus because of this great and effectual door that was opened. People were responding. It says in verse number 10, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. This was an amazing opportunity so Paul shifted gears, and he stayed there for something up to three years in Ephesus because of this great and open door. We have an open door to spread the word. John chapter 4, for time's sake, I'm just going to mention what happens. Jesus decides to do something that's unthinkable for a Jewish person in the first century, that he is going to go through Samaria. Samaria was avoided like the plague by Jews because the, the Samaritans had a stigma 
after the Assyrian captivity of the northern kingdom of Israel, the area of Samaria was looked at as being inhabited by those that had intermingled with the Assyrians, half-breeds, half-Jew, half-Gentile. And so the Jews did not like them because they were half-Gentile, or they were thought to be, and the Gentiles didn't like them because they were half-Jewish. But he goes there anyway, because there was somebody, that Samaritan woman, that needed to hear it. There are people that need to hear the gospel. I'm going to show you an example of one of our videos. It talks about if you were to die today, what would happen? If you were to die today and you appeared at the pearly gates of heaven and God asks you, why should I let you in? What would you say? Would you say, because I've been a good person or I joined a church or I've been baptized or I've tried not to sin so much or I've done a lot of good deeds? None of those is the Bible answer. The Bible answer, the only right answer is that you've trusted in Jesus and what he did for you on the cross. You've turned from your sin and accepted him as your savior and you've been born again. That is the only right answer. Now that video has had 198,000 views combined with TikTok and Instagram. That's not like all of my videos are having this amazing reach, but some of them are. I've had videos that have only reached a couple of people as far as views, and yet somebody. I did a video, it's on, it's on our table back there, a video about Fortnite, okay? My kids are playing Fortnite, and I thought of a video idea. Um, I won't go into detail about it, but that video didn't do real well statistically, but there's one person that messaged me and said, I want to know more about what my purpose is in life. That person got saved. And so there's an amazing opportunity to reach even just the one. And that person might be waiting for somebody like you. The second point, we have an open door to spread the word firstly, but secondly, we have an open door to magnify the name of Jesus. There was one such person that I, uh, like I mentioned, he was in Uganda a man named Tismo, he saw one of my videos and he responded. And he ended up trusting Jesus as his savior in Uganda because of a video that I posted from my garage in North Carolina. That first video that I posted about Jesus was an Israeli, that was like with an iPhone 6, nothing special, and yet it's been seen by so many. We have an opportunity to get God's word out there. We have an opportunity to magnify the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 19, verse number 11. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Um, Skipping down, let's go to verse number 17. And this was known in all, uh, this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified because of what was happening there. The name of Jesus was spread abroad. More people were able to hear about Jesus, and Jesus was receiving the glory and being magnified. We have an opportunity to do this literally among millions and even billions. Currently, our videos have been seen by about 19 million people. I'm a nobody. God values availability. Okay, you might not have all of this ability or that ability, but are you available? The theme of this month, this mission's emphasis is all go anywhere. Will you go to Facebook? You know, you've got friends on there, family. Do they know that you're a believer? 
you can say things about the gospel on Facebook. Facebook actually has reels now, just like Instagram does. Well, they'll put your video in front of random people. It's a scary thing, but you have a testimony that who knows might be able to reach. An open door to magnify the name of Jesus. And yet there was opposition. There was opposition in the book of John chapter 4, just by Jesus' disciples being like, why in the world is he even talking to her? In John chapter 4, and then also in 1 Corinthians 16, there are many adversaries. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be those that are haters. There's going to be the trolls and the comments. Are we willing to suffer reproach for the name of Jesus? The Bible says, blessed are you when, man, uh, when men revile you and persecute you for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. Are we willing to suffer that? Are we willing to do that? An open door to magnify the name of Jesus. Thirdly, actually I'm going to show you a video real quick. Five things that won't be in heaven. Another example of one of our videos that we do. Five things that won't be in heaven. Number five, death. Revelation 21 says that death shall be no more. We will live eternally, never again fearing death. Number four, pain. We will not have any more pain in heaven as we will have perfect glorified bodies. Number three, sorrow. We won't have any more sorrow in heaven or anything to cry or worry about. Number two, guilt. We will no longer have any guilt in heaven because our sins will be gone, which leads us to the number one thing that will not be in heaven, sin. The Bible says that sin cannot be in the presence of God in heaven. You need to have your sin paid for and taken care of. That's why Jesus came and died and rose again for you, so you could be forgiven and be with God forever in heaven. Remember the idea of gospel tracks? This is like digital gospel tracks. And instead of knocking on somebody's door and handing them this thing in person, you just hit the share button. And people can see it, they can respond. We've been receiving messages like crazy from videos like that one. That video has had almost 200,000 views. 200,000 people. We have an opportunity to be able to share that with others. And all it takes is a smartphone and a little bit of courage. But I'll tell you, like, I don't know. Sometimes I read these things from people, people saying things, mean things, like that my head looks like an egg, <laughs> you know? I mean, people will say stuff in the comments. And when I see stuff like that, I'm like, all right, I'm never reading the comments again. Um, but people can say stuff. Um, are we willing to go through whatever for Jesus' sake. Jesus says, they don't hate you, they hate me. Um, but with that comes also reach to people that are ready, like a man named Thomas in France who asked me if he could know more about who Jesus is. Thomas ended up getting saved in France. He didn't leave France, I didn't leave North Carolina, but he trusted Jesus as his savior as a result of our videos. Um, what I would do is I'd send them this YouTube video that I made. It's a 13-minute video that details the gospel all the way from Genesis. It's like a more thorough presentation. These videos, these short one-minute videos or, or three-minute videos, TikTok has 10 minutes now. But those are kind of just like the hook, you know, to get the foot in the door, so to speak. 
And then I'm able to have a one-on-one conversation with them. And I send them this YouTube video that I made thoroughly presenting the gospel and ending with an invitation for that person to trust Christ. And that's kind of the springboard for our one-on-one conversation. And God has just been doing amazing things. God has all the glory. I mean, he uses me in spite of me. It's kind of like, look what I can do through this guy, you know? He can do all of that through any of us. I don't have the market cornered on, on, on this kind of thing. Thirdly, we have an open door to stir up the world. An open door to stir up the world. For time's sake, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase what happens here. Acts chapter 19, the people in Ephesus kind of start getting upset because all of the worshipers of Diana, all of the worshipers of these different gods that they worshiped there in Ephesus, they were burning their idols. They weren't going to the temple anymore. They weren't doing all of these things that put all of these craftsmen out of work. The coppersmiths, the silversmiths, uh, the woodworkers, the stoneworkers, they were getting upset because they were losing their income because people were getting saved. And so they start this great commotion and all this stuff is going on. Basically a riot ensues. But because of this, guess what? More people heard about the gospel. We have an opportunity to stir up the world for Jesus. And it's not something that we need to even take a step out of, outside of our own home to do. In John chapter 4, look at verse 28. John chapter 4, in verse number 28, after Jesus tells this woman basically things that she had not told anybody about her past, about her sins, about her struggles, she comes to realize that this man is, this man is the Christ. This is the Messiah. And it says, she left her water pot, verse 28, and went her way into the city and saith to the men, come see a man which told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of their city and came to him. She brought the city to Jesus. We have an opportunity to stir up the world. Here's a short video, 15 second video, that has been seen by almost 90,000 people. This 15-second video you you can be religious and not right with God? The Bible says that all of our righteousness is filthy rags in God's sight. What we need is a relationship, and that's through faith in what Jesus did for you on the cross. That idea of DM, direct message, it means kind of like send me a private message if you want to know more. One such person that saw that 15-second video was a girl named Saumya in India. She got saved as a result of seeing that 15 second video and then the conversation that we had that ensued. And she ended up trusting Jesus as her Messiah, turning from Hinduism to Christ. We have an amazing opportunity to stir up the world. And then lastly, number four, we have an open invitation to the harvest field. An open invitation to the harvest field. Look at verse 31 of John chapter four. In the meanwhile, Okay? This woman brings the whole city to Christ, physically, to come see him. Meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. This whole thing was taking place around lunchtime. And they're saying, you need to eat something, Master. Jesus says, I have meat that you know not of. Therefore, said the disciples one to another, has any man brought him out to eat? Did somebody go get him, you know, Bojangles? We have Bojangles in the South. Did somebody go to get him Bojangles or, or Wendy's while we weren't looking? But Jesus wasn't talking about physical food. Jesus says, I have meat to eat that you know not of. My meat, verse 34, is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish 
his work. Jesus has given us a job to do. He says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We have been given a commission from Jesus. How are we doing with this? Are we willing to go around the corner, around the world? Are we willing to go on Facebook, Instagram, and basically just say, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. Here's what Jesus did for me. We have an amazing opportunity and an open invitation to the harvest field. Look at what Jesus says in response. Say not ye, verse 35, there are yet four months and then cometh the harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look unto the fields, for they are white already to the harvest. I don't think Jesus was talking about a field of wheat here or barley or those other common crops in Jesus' day and area. I believe he was referring to the city. All of those people, multitudes from the city of Sychar that the woman of Samaria brought to Jesus. Jesus is saying, don't say that there's four months and then, and then the harvest comes. Look at the fields. They're white already to harvest. They're ready to hear it. Webster defines a white harvest as a harvest field that has the, the frost, the dew. Like it's already getting to be too late. You need to hurry up and harvest this or it will die on the stalks. That's a sad thing to see. I've seen fields that were never harvested and there's like corn stalks that are just there, dead on the stalks. Let that not be said of us, this opportunity that we've been given. To, to whom much is given, much shall be required, right? We have an opportunity that the world has never seen right now that we can reach the world with the gospel. This last video I want to show you is my most, one of my most viral videos on Instagram. Check this out. This is really cool. You probably didn't know this. So from the North Pole to the South Pole is 12,436 miles. And so it's the farthest distance on the planet between North and South. If you're heading North, you're eventually going to get to a point where you start heading South. And if you're heading South, you're eventually going to get to a point where you start heading North. But East and West is not this way. If you're heading East, you will continue to head East indefinitely without ever heading west. The two never meet. And in Psalm 103, verse number 12, God says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Meaning, those that have trusted Jesus as their savior, believing that he died and rose again for them, the Bible says that their sins are removed from them as far as the east is from the west. But those that have not trusted Jesus as their Savior, they're still having their own sin on their shoulders, and our sin is what keeps us out of heaven. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, you can do that today and have your sin removed as far as the East is from the West. There was a girl I mentioned in my presentation video. We'll call her N, and she lives in Iran. And she was raised as a Muslim. She saw a video much like that one, and she reached out to me and she messaged me. She got saved in Iran because of a video that was posted on Instagram. 
Now, normally I post these on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and Facebook. Facebook has something now that's Insta it's like Instagram Reels. And YouTube has YouTube Shorts. Like, there's all these platforms. If you're on any of those, you can do the same kind of thing. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, if you don't feel God has called you to do that, you can pray for those that are doing it because we need your prayer as well. So how do we apply this? Brother Dan, I've seen what you've talked about. I, I, I've listened to what you say from the scripture. What do I do? How do I apply this in my life? There's three different things, three different areas. Number one, you can pray. Like I said, pastors, missionaries, people in ministry, we got a target on our back. There's emotional stress, physical stress, financial stress, you name it. We need your prayers. Secondly, you can give. What you're doing here is literally enabling us to get the gospel across the world. And there is fruit from our ministry that is literally abounding to your account because you give. And we're just so grateful for that. And then thirdly, you can go. There is literally a mission field at your fingertips. So just ask God, Lord, what would you have me to do?